Welcome, welcome to another Rags the Riches Secrets. Today, we're gonna go over the six tools to picking disruptive products with exponential market growth and profits. So why does this matter? Okay, you're trying to figure out which products, like, like out of all the products in the planet, like which products should you spend some time on because you know two things. One, there is a massive increase of demand coming at you. And number two, there is a high likelihood of it becoming a very, very profitable business. And once I break this down and I show you these six specific tools, you will then be able to take a look at your product or products that you may become interested in bringing into the marketplace and try to discover, would this actually make a very, very big impact in my ability to be successful? And what you're gonna discover is there's things that are in the marketplace that allow this to take in to take place. And so, let me give you an example. Like one of the things, Tony Robbins actually pointed this out. He said, like, if you notice how there's media content, YouTube and all this stuff going on, see, it used to not be as easy to figure out how to create content, put it, digitize it, and then actually become you with your skill sets, what you, what, what you know how to do. So maybe you're a photographer or maybe you know how to do planting or maybe you know, like pick the thing there or the subject matter in which you're really passionate about you actually have the ability to start going online, creating courses and content, teaching people how to do exactly what it is that you do. That's one of the things that's taking place today. And as I use that example, let me show you what is taking place so then you can start asking these important questions. So in the book Bold, okay, Peter uh, Diamandes, I believe is how you say his last name, he talked about the six Ds. These are the six D's that as they come into play, it will absolutely completely radically change how, everything's, how everything is actually transpiring. Um, let me give you an example so that you see what it is. Okay, this is people are, they, they don't, they, people are unaware of how their life will change because these things are on exponential curves. What do I mean? Okay, so in 30 days, let's say you're gonna start off with one penny, okay? And every single day, that one penny, it's just going to double, okay? So at the end of 30 days, ask yourself, how much money would you have at the end of 30 days if your penny doubled every day for 30 days? So in the beginning, it's not much, right? Day one, you got one penny. And then day two, it doubles. So now you got two cents. And then it doubles again. So day three, you're up to four cents. Yeah, no, not big bucks yet, right? But day four... It goes from four cents to eight cents. But by the time we get down to day 12, at day 12, it goes up to $20.48. By the time we hit day 20, it is $5,242.88. That then doubles by the time it hits day 25, it's 167,772.16. By, by the time it hits day 30, it is $5,368,709.12. That is what compounding at a, like, that's what we're talking about as things start to compound. It, it actually changes things. And there's actually products right here, right now, that are playing out, that are growing and compounding so quickly that nobody realizes that it's actually taking place. One of the very first examples, I'll show you this. And I'm going to break down these, these, these six Ds that you need to know. But I'm giving you examples so that you can literally see this has actually happened 
in my lifetime. This has happened in your lifetime and there's more coming. You just got to be able to identify it, recognize it, and then figure out how to capitalize on it. Okay. So you remember Kodak. Kodak is, Kodak's a good one because Kodak was actually in the film business. They were trying to create memories. They, they actually would, they, so they, they had a vested interest because they were selling you the film. Then they were actually taking those film and turning it into print. And one of the things that came to play is, is there was a guy that was working at Kodak and he came in and he brought this thing in the size of a toaster and he showed everybody, he's like, look at this. He goes, I can take a digital picture. And they looked at the digital picture and they're like, huh, interesting. Like who would want to look at a picture on a computer screen? Like why, why would that make any sense for anybody to do it? And so Kodak, who invented the digital camera, completely dismissed the digital camera because they said, why would we be invested in this? Actually, he thought when, when this guy presented the idea, he thought that the Kodak executives would ask him a lot of questions because what he had done is he had created something marvelous. And the one question they asked him is they said, hey, how quickly, how quickly do you think this product could come to the marketplace so that it, it could become disruptive to our current business of, of, of making film and prints and stuff. And what he did is, is he went and applied the Moore's Law. Basically, if you're, if you're familiar with the Moore's Law says that the amount of resistors, like uh, on, a, on a conductor or whatever it is, will double every two years. And that, that prediction has actually stayed true for decades to the point that now Moore's Law is understood. And so what they did is they said, okay, so the resolution of the camera, this is where the resolution of the camera is. And based on that resolution, how many years would it take before we actually had a camera that made any sense? And so then after they did that calculation, they're like, ah, who cares? They threw it out the window and said, nobody cares about that technology because it's not going to come to fruition. Therefore, we're just going to keep milking this cow. The problem is, is Moore's Law shows it doubles every two years. What, the, what really happened is it got on an exponential curve, meaning one cent went to two cents, two cents went to four cents, four cents went to eight cents, and bam, bam, and it compounded faster, far, far faster than Kodak had ever anticipated. So now you got Kodak who had the market cornered, who actually got destroyed because they did not recognize what was at play. They did not recognize how quickly a technology could expand. You'll stop, just take a second and pause and think about your phone, okay? You're, on your phone, think about what it can do because that phone, your iPhone, I, you know, I, I say iPhone because Apple introduced the iPhone and then everybody else modeled them, okay? But the iPhone came out and it introduced the camera. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. That thing went in and started de it demonetized. It started demonetizing the need for cameras, okay? And it put it in a digital format. Then after it did that, guess what that, can what that phone could also do? It could, it could uh, operate as a GPS. Did you notice that you used to buy a GPS and put it in your car so that you could use that for navigation? but it actually went in and it demonetized the, G or the GPS so that you now actually have it in your phone. Think about all of the apps, all of the stuff that you now carry around in your pocket that you couldn't have carried around at a previous time or, or date or time, okay? Steve Jobs walks out and he's like, what, it's like 10,000 songs in your pocket? 
you remember what that was like? Like, remember going to the store and buying a CD? Like, how many CDs do you go out and buy anymore? Like, you don't have, you, it doesn't happen anymore. Like, you have entire businesses or entire industries that used to have the market cornered and CD stores that got their stores completely demonetized because it all got digitized and then got delivered to you as the consumer. Blockbuster was very, very slow to, to observe this. And as you see this, and as I break down these six Ds, you're going to start seeing the pattern. And as you see the pattern, you can start making decisions that would actually help you. Okay, Blockbuster, they, would, they, they sold you, they let you rent like VHS tapes, and then they slid off into DVDs, not realizing that Netflix could come along and take the content and start streaming it to you so that you no longer had to go down to the store. They actually removed the physical product from it. They, you know, in the beginning, they would mail it to you. They would mail it out of convenience, but now they just straight up stream it to you. So what's the point of going to Blockbuster anymore? That entire business that was highly lucrative turned into no lucre. See what I'm talking about? So here's, here's the very first D that you got to look for, okay? So whatever this product is, ask yourself, can it be committed or turned into digital? Like, can it be committed or turned into zeros and ones? And if it can be put in zeros and ones, it can now enter an exponential space, okay? Like, think about it. I can have people working for me. You could have people working for you on any place in the entire planet if the product that they're delivering to you is digital, okay? You can pay them through digital currency. You can pay them through, you can, you can receive the product that they create through digital products. You see how it took and it changed and it opened up the entire marketplace? So think about it. Whatever it is, can it be solved digitally? Now, this is where it, this was where it gets kind of interesting. I'll show you a technology that's coming into play. So they used to take, they used to take and try to figure out, okay, how do we get, like when we, when we put astronauts up uh, in the space station or on the moon or whatever it is, the, the, the most expensive supply chain in the entire world is trying to figure out how to get like millions of parts that are bought and not needed, but need, are needed at the point when they're needed to be available for the space station. And so then there comes along this technology that's called a 3D printer. And a 3D printer used to, used to be able to just to print. Then you started getting into 3D printing. And then the thing is that happened is, is wait a minute. If like 30% of all the parts that they actually needed on the space station were actually plastic, then what if, what if instead of actually manufacturing parts, we sent a printer to space? Think about it. We sent a printer to space with material. Then if they discovered they needed the part, they could then send that schematic or whatever it is, that design to the 3D printer, and then they could then print it out and manufacture the part. They have just now changed the entire game. They're discovering that they can print human tissue, human tissue that can work. They're discovering that they can print like parts. I used to work at a defense contractor and we had complex parts. We have to get CNC machines. And these are just machines with big freaking drill bits. They just drill, take a big chunk of metal, whatever it is, they drill it out, drill it out, drill it out. So in the end, you, it was a subtractive strategy to subtract material from it till you actually had a part. There's parts that we couldn't make other than to 
to drill one section out, drill another section out, and then figure out how to couple them together. They are now figured out how to 3D print parts that previously could not be made any other way that actually has higher efficiency, like 15%, like they have some fuel nozzles and stuff that's like 15% more efficient than what it is at using the old technology of just of subtractive. Now it's additive, okay? You could, like, this is how I visualize things. You could be, let's, let's just say you got this 3D printer, right? You could have like, hey, I want to order this chair or hey, I want to order this thing, okay? Send me the schematics, throw it on the 3D printer. It can now print metal. It can print all kinds of materials. Boom, I just printed out my chair. Boom, I just printed out my camera. Boom, I just printed out a computer. It, yes, could it print a computer? Yes, it could print a computer. Like, thing, the supply chain is completely changing. See what I'm talking about? This is one of the things that's coming into it. So the question is, is can it be digitized? That's number one. So number two, this is where it gets interesting. It's in the deceptive phase. This is where Blockbuster got smoked. This is where uh, Polaroid and these guys or Kodak got smoked. Because in the beginning, they're like, nah, like that'll never overtake us. Like, nah. See, they're, they're, they're ignoring the facts. What they, they just don't think that something would be on an exponential curve, which would actually would change. But what happened is, is it's in the deceptive phase, meaning nobody's paying attention to it. Everybody thinks, oh, it's, it's a fluke. It ain't going to come to pass, right? What happens is, is it stays in deceptive until it actually enters into disruptive. And once it hits into disruptive, that's the third D is all of a sudden you've got a new product, a new way, a new strategy, a new thing that can deliver the exact same, it can deliver the exact same solution. It has, is a viable competitor, viable competitor to established providers. Probably one of the ones I like, and I love the solar, and I'll tell you why. Okay, if you look at, so in the beginning, digitize, not really a product that necessarily can be digitized right although it could be become digitized if we can 3d print it therefore we can start we can start taking costs out of the supply chain process so it is possible that it could enter into being digitized just because you could 3d print the panel okay deceptive it's deceptive because in the beginning it costs more to put solar on the house to produce electricity than what you could buy it from your utility company Give you an example right here in Utah, the average cost per kilowatt hour. That kilowatt hour is just a unit of electricity. It's twelve cents. Okay, solar panels in the beginning were it, it cost way more than twelve cents per kilowatt hour. It cost you a lot more. In fact, so the only time it would be attractive is if you were in a location or a place or something that actually didn't have access to just traditional power through a, a power plant, right? But it could exist out there because they didn't have any better alternatives. But the thing is is that the the technology the costs have been coming down oh it sounds like i'm starting to give away some of these other d's the costs they started to come down or it started to become demonetized okay then the technology like right here right now where we're at the panels solar panels have about a 20 percent efficiency factor okay that's up from 12 12 percent like at 12%, nobody's like, dude, it costs too much. The, the efficiency's not there. The cost of the material's too much. But then they figured out how to start making them thinner and figuring out how to make them even thinner. Therefore, it doesn't take as much material. Then, like where we're at today, it's actually come down where it's actually about $0.06 cents per kilowatt hour to put solar up on a house. 
versus buying it from the utility company at 12 cents. But here's the difference. So the cost of solar delivering power to your house is coming down, 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 down. We're at 20% efficiency now. That is actually on its way up to 60%. Think about that. A 3x increase in efficiency, which means it can, can compress the cost of producing that power even less down to where we're at a penny to two pennies. And you look at every utility company in the entire United States, their costs are going up, up, up. So for example, if you're in Hawaii, you're around 50 cents a kilowatt hour. If you're in California, you're 40 something, 45 cents, 50 cents a kilowatt hour, right in there. If you're in Utah, we're sitting right around 12 cents a kilowatt hour. Depending on which utility company, it could go up to as high as 14 cents, okay? You've got, you've got all these places across the United States where their costs are so high. So their costs are going up because it costs more and more to produce that same power where the cost of solar is coming in and it is becoming less and less or it's becoming more affordable. So in the end, you're like, whoa, I could, like, who would want to stick around and continue to buy power at 12, 14, 16, 18, 50 cents a kilowatt hour when you could have accomplished the same thing for two cents or one cent, right? Like six cents, it's half the price. California, 50 cents versus six cents. Which one makes more sense? That's why there's solar everywhere in California. Hawaii, what would you rather spend? 12, like, like um, 50, like 55 cents a kilowatt hour, or would you rather spend six cents? You see what I'm talking about? It's come down. And so that's where it comes into play is the technology then enters a state where it can start becoming disruptive. Now you might say, hey, Mike, solar's not quite completely disruptive because it needs batteries. But therein lies the secret of something else that's taking place. Batteries are improving at a rate that nobody expected, okay? People are not expecting, they did not anticipate batteries could come online at the, at the, the capacity that they are coming online at. It is, it is, that is still very much so in the deceptive phase. Now, if you get into cars, it's becoming a lot less deceptive, okay? So digital, deceptive, disruptive. Fourth step is, as I've already hinted about it, is that it's got to come in and it demonetizes it. It demonetizes it. Kodak got completely demonetized because you can now take 10,000 pictures on your iPhone. You could pull up your phone, look at it, and you could see every picture that makes sense or doesn't make sense. In fact, you could actually then, if you really wanted to print it out, you could print it out. You could just use a printer and print it at home. Or you could still take it to a place to do it. But what's happening is, is it shifted to like a digital frame, okay? I can put a digital frame right here. I can now display all of my pictures and I can have rotating pictures actually playing out in that. So it got completely demonetized. Solar is completely demonetizing the utility company. Batteries are gonna come in and it's gonna to continue to demonetize it. Where do you see a big shift that's taking place in batteries? Don't look any farther than what you're seeing in cars. The cost of gasoline is going up, 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 up. Now that we're actually, now that you see what's going on with Russia uh, and Ukraine, you're seeing the costs of gas going up exponentially because the United States said, hey, we ain't gonna buy your gas anymore, okay? It's becoming disruptive, so the cost of gas is going up. But does the sun realize that Ukraine and Russia are fighting? It has no idea. Let me give you an idea. There is enough sunlight in 44 minutes that hits planet Earth. Do 
you create enough energy to cover all of Earth's energy needs for an entire year. That is how much energy is not like the, if we could figure that out, that is how much energy is on tap. Five days of sunlight hitting the earth would account for all known energy sources on the earth. We could get rid of coal. We could get rid of oil. We could get rid of all that stuff. You see what I'm talking about? Be able to tap it. So most people are not aware of how much energy is out there. And they're not aware of the exponential curves that are coming into place. So here's what happened. Tesla. Tesla has gone in and they are starting to de demonetize the gas-powered vehicles and they are scaring the bejeebies out of them. You look at you look at what's being invested, like Volkswagen's investing $86 billion into going into electric vehicles. You've got Ford who's investing $22 billion into going straight up into electric vehicles. You've got GM that's investing $35 billion into electric vehicles because they can see they're getting de demonetized. Part of where you can see this demonetization taking place, okay, is when, like, say, Ford or GM or whatever, when they, ever, when they sell you a vehicle, historically, they don't make a lot of money off the sale of the vehicle. Where they make their money is actually in the maintenance and the parts on the vehicle. But here's where the problem is. Is Tesla... They provide, they bring this vehicle to you. Instead of having like, like 20,000 moving parts, they have 12, about a dozen moving parts in that car. So the car has no maintenance. It had like almost no maintenance. Like tires, sure, gotta get rid of tires. Windshield wipers, sure. But like in the motor, like what, what are you gonna fix? Like, like the battery, like sure, the battery can wear out, but you're talking a, ha a vehicle that is now designed to go a half a million miles, okay? They're demonetized. I don't have to go buy gas anymore. And if you look at the convergence of technology, you look at the sunlight, you can now get sunlight. We're, we're on the course of being able to power like your electricity it could be one to two cents a kilowatt hour versus taking 50 cents a kilowatt hour, whatever the cost of these things keep going up, right? So the cost comes down. So now to, to power your car, actually, you, you almost don't even notice the cost because it's becoming so small. So they demonetize the fuel. They demonetize the maintenance on it. Okay, they're demonetizing it. And so what happens is it, nobody thought Elon had anything. It was in a deceptive phase. And now it's actually entering into a disruptive phase where normally cars would have only been purchased were gas-powered vehicles, but now they're electric vehicles. Now we're sliding into the fourth step in which he is completely demonetizing their business model. And now what? That's where, that's where the crux is. That's where you're seeing the big investment. That's where you're seeing a major shift because it's scaring the crap out of everybody that's making gas-powered vehicles. Like my friend's buying a Lamborghini. Lamborghini called him up and said, hey, this is the last production run that we're doing of a gas-powered vehicle. Would you like one? He's like, yeah, because after this, we're going straight up electric. Because like it's being demonetized. Like you asked me, Mike, are you interested in an electric Lamborghini? The answer is heck yes I am. Why? Because I could drive it a lot. I don't have to worry about like this high performance engine with all these millions of parts, or you know, millions, but high performance parts breaking because they're now going into these electric motors, which means I have hardly any moving parts, which means I'm gonna drive the heck out of it and enjoy it. Okay? It, it, it will demonetize it. And so then it slides into this, this fifth step. And this one you're already seeing taking place right here where it's starting to dematerialize it. 
It's actually going in and it's actually causing material that used to be inside it to be hogged out. Like it's not required anymore. Like you think, uh, you think of the, the DVDs you used to buy or the CDs and stuff. Like you now go to the Apple store, buy the, the, the very song you want. You don't have to buy the album no more. Old school, right? So you don't buy the album. You buy the, same, the one song you want. So it used to be 99 cents. I haven't looked at it in a while. 99 cents instead of spending 12 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks or whatever it was. Spending 99 cents. They actually don't even have to ship a physical product. They just boop. They, they just beam it over to you, Scotty, right? You've got it on your phone now, and now you can consume that music. So they pulled the material out of it. And then it goes into the sixth step when it becomes democratized. That changes everything. There is, there is one big shift that you're seeing right here, right here, right now in the banking system, okay? And you're seeing this shift with the, with the cell phones, okay? People across the entire world, like it, it's crazy. They probably don't have money or they don't have a lot of things, but for some reason they have a cell phone, right? And you get these countries where people are like poor and they're hard pressed, okay? What's happening is, is there, there's a guy, something, Eunice, 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 Eunice. I can't remember his exact name. It's like somewhere from Bangladesh or something, okay? What, what he discovered is, is there were people that were poverty stricken and he thought the banks should actually extend them loans so they don't have to go out to loan sharks. That way they don't have to get raked across the coals anymore and paying exorbitant 20%, 100% or whatever these loan sharks rates were, right? And so what actually happened is, is he's like, he, he tried to help them get financing. Well, nobody would finance nobody that had no credit. Like, dude, you're an unknown. Like, why, why am I the big established bank who only works off of known things going to lend you a dime? Like, goodbye. Nope, not going to do it, right? So he's like, wait a minute. All right, so let me figure this out. So he goes and creates a bank. That The bank, the only way it will lend to you is on micro loans based on basically... Like if you have any credit, they don't want you. They only want people with no credit so that they can do micro loans to them. And what they discovered is that since they no longer have to deal with loan sharks, they have like a 97% payback rate. They discovered there was an entire industry of people that were being underserved. And this became a step to start pulling them out of poverty, okay? It shifted things. Well, think about what's happening. You got Elon Musk is putting Starlink up in the space. He is making it so that people anywhere on the planet could now have access to internet. Think of what that means to the banking system. These people are in these places. They got their phone. They're like, hey, I want to do a micro loan. Boom, you got a micro loan. Okay, so now they can go off and do it. They can now exchange currency of types anywhere in the entire world so that they can actually do it. What happened there? Normally, the big banks siphon off the cash. Normally, they get their cut because they're, the, they're like, I'm the man. I'm the only place you could do it, right? Or like when you start, chain, you start trading in currencies, you start like all this stuff. There is a lot of friction in there where these banks are taking the money. What is happening is, is the way that banking system is moving. It is demonetizing their business. It is demonetizing currency. It is demonetizing the friction to allow somebody to bring a product to market. And because of that, it is now creating a ubiquitous banking systems throughout the world where people can get access to capital. You're seeing it. So now just pause and just say, okay, 
Think about what product is happening. What product do you have? What thing is happening in your particular life? And ask yourself, can whatever I'm doing, can it be digitalized? And what we're looking for is things that you believe that could be on an exponential uh, market growth, which then could lead to exponential profits. Because solving the world's biggest problems also comes with the world's biggest profits. Does that make sense? So ask yourself, number one, can this be digitalized? So if it can, then you have to ask yourself, can it, would it operate in a deceptive mode where nobody believes that it could actually be on an exponential growth? The very fact that you know it could be digitized also means that the very fact that you know it could be deceptive because nobody would believe it's a threat in the beginning. So then, as this technology or whatever this product comes into play, can it become disruptive? And if it can become disruptive, then you've got to ask yourself, ask yourself, can the product be demonetized? Like, can we figure out how to deliver something at a tenth of the cost of what it used to cost? And if the answer comes back, yes, then you say, okay, now can we take and we, can we dematerialize it, start pulling, pulling costs out, pulling materials out of it, and then can we democratize it? Here's one that you can see. And you're, you're, you're seeing it, like, look at Elon Musk. One of the things that Elon Musk is doing very, very well is he is in the space of technologies that are all on exponential targets or exponential growths. And because he's doing that, he's got a culmination of things that are coming together to facilitate. There's a culmination of things coming together that facilitate it. Okay. So you know that he was in solar. I've already made, a, I've already made I believe, a good case for solar. The, the cost of power is dropping precipitously. So since he's in the solar business, cost of power is dropping precipitously. He's in the battery business because the big problem people say is I need storage. I need capacity. I need range. The technology is accelerating at rates that people are not aware of. Because of that, he's in the battery space because he will now be able to store his cheap sauce power. Okay, He's in the electric car space. Because he knows that the car is expensive. It used to be 5,000, 10,000. Now it's getting up into 50,000, 100,000 range, right? He can deliver that product because he now knows he can go in there and he can start pulling material out of it. He can pull the gasoline out of it. He can pull, he can pull the moving parts. Therefore, he can make it so that he can pull the maintenance out of it, okay? He's doing that. He, now you look at Starlink. Starlink, and you look at how it plays into the other thing. The other thing that people are unaware of that's taking place in the car space, this one's crazy, is cars are now able to drive autonomous, okay? People are like, people think, no, 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 we're not going to have a world where cars can drive autonomously, but that's the part where it's deceptive, okay? That's where it's deceptive because they're discovering that they can take and hardwire cars, they can teach cars how to drive better than when we drive. Their responses can be faster. They can take and figure out how to solve problems faster. They can figure out how to navigate things and, and correct problems that they're experiencing, okay? So you can now, like let's just say you want a, a taxi, right? You could now hail or call or summon or whatever a taxi to actually come to you that has no driver in it. It just demonetized the salary of the guy sitting in the car. It's not required anymore. It's the asset that is required. But look at this. If, if it becomes so affordable 
to actually summon a car, you are going to now question yourself, is it even necessary to own a car? And if you ask that question, if I can get here and there, look, your car only gets driven 5% of the time. Most of the time, it literally just sits there, does nothing, okay? So 95% of the time, it's, it's doing nothing. What if that car could be put into an Uber fleet autonomously and go around and pick up passengers and drop them off and place them exactly where they need to be? Then you can summon the car and have it back when you need it. Or what if you just straight up didn't want the car at all because you don't want, you don't want to deal with it, right? So now you got this autonomous car that gets summoned at your will, takes you to a place so that you can do it. Okay, look at what's happening. If you make the decision that you no longer wish to own multiple cars, let's just say you want to keep one, but you normally have three cars. Or let's just say you don't even want one car, right? Okay, look at when you go to Walmart, you go to any mall, any place, how big are the parking lots? Big, right? Because everybody drives a car. What if... What if people were to use the hailing service and they no longer needed the car? Therefore, the parking lots are no longer full. See what I'm saying? That real estate then takes on an entirely different need or different, it can be used for other things. Okay, so, whoa, wait a minute. It just changed the real estate. But if I don't need the car, do I need to buy car insurance anymore? Oh, snap. I don't need to buy car insurance anymore. And that's what's happening. So as he puts Starlink into the space, he can now figure out how to navigate these cars anywhere in the world. These things are coming together synergistically to completely demonetize. It's demonetizing the insurance company. It's going to demonetize the car. It's going to demonetize the need to have parking lots. Therefore, new assets can be put in its place. It's going to demonetize, I think I said insurance company. It's collectively coming together. Then he's making it so that we, he can establish a currency that can then be traded or used or whatever for, for buying things anywhere in the world, okay? Microloans, think it. Banks are being demonetized. Like manufacturing is being demonetized just because you 3D print the thing. Like let's just say you're waiting around because you need a kidney, right? You're like, oh, I need a kidney, right? Um, hey, guess what? Why don't we just print one up real quick and then we'll just stick it inside you? You, you might be thinking, oh, Mike, that's not going to happen. Yeah, the thing is, is it's already happening. They're already proving it can work. The evidence is already there. It's grow, it, it is solving its problem faster and faster. Let me show you what's happening. The computer, people did not believe that a computer, like a computer chip, like if they wanted to decode your genome, or your genome, okay? Like I want to figure out what your DNA is. I want to know what makes you, you. Like it used to be like $100 million in a year. They are now getting it because the, 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 the amount of processing power that are on chips is accelerating at such a, a, an increased speed that for 100 bucks, they, could, they can come out here right now. So 100 bucks, pay me 100 bucks in an hour. I'll tell you what your, what your DNA says. It changes things. And because I can now tell you what your, your DNA is, I can now figure out how to start printing and replicating and making the exact product that you need to solve your problem. Those are the things that are taking place. Like when you ask yourself, what is it that I could do? What product could I bring to pass? What thing could I be involved in? You just stop and ask yourself, what is changing in the place that would digitize, make it deceptive, make it disruptive, demonetize it, dematerialize it, and democratize it? So you say, Mike, why are you in the solar space? Well, fortunately, 
I have to agree with Elon Musk. It is changing the world. Everything's going to shift. Jeff Bezos, fortunately, he discovered that brick and mortar stores were going to become less and less relevant as people started buying products online that are getting shipped to themselves. Walmart then said, holy crap, we are so far behind. We are seeing that Amazon is becoming a behemoth. Therefore, we have got to launch our Amazon stores to get into the game. They can see it. They can smell it. They've got the fear in their eyes. And they're recognizing it because they will become non-existent if they don't discover how to play into the space. Cryptocurrency. Like, it's, it's changing the way people can exchange money. Electric cars. Um, the internet. Like, in the beginning, the only way... Like, you used to have to mail crap, right? I remember being in Brazil for two years and we used to have to mail stuff. I remember when I came back in 1995, I'm like, what the heck is this thing called Windows? Right? I can email stuff. Whoa, wait a minute. I used to have to, I, I used to have to wait pen and paper and wait two months. I can get it now in a minute, a seconds. It, it, it things are becoming disruptive. So just ask yourself, what is coming into play where you could be in a space where you could see exponential growth? And what's crazy is, is the opportunities exist. They exist. Why do you think people are getting so excited about cryptocurrency? Why do you think people are getting so excited about, like, you think, like, iPhone? That, those, guys, those guys have demonetized so many products. Seriously, demonetized so many products. It, used to, it probably used to cost you $100,000 to have everything that you've got on your iPhone. It's just ridiculous. So that, my friends, is another Rags Riches Secrets where I literally are breaking down how to take and identify, how to think clearly about products that you could bring to the marketplace that will make you have the good life. I will talk to you later.